Hello and welcome to Bridge India's Voices podcast, where we talk to changemakers and engage with diaspora around the world to discover their relationship with India. My name is Mark Runacres and I'll be one of your hosts in this series. I'm based in London and I followed Indian affairs for almost 40 years, of which I spent almost 20 living in India in diplomacy, business and civil society. Sadly, due to COVID, my Indian life has been virtual for almost two years, but I hope that can change soon. My fellow host is the estimable Ali Asghar Abidi, a journalist, comedy writer based in New York who also hosts a late night talk show. Bridge India is a progressive non-profit think tank based in London and dedicated to discourse on public policy. India represents an ancient civilization united by a shared history and sustained by a pluralist democracy. The idea of India is the idea of embracing the many. But the India story abroad is often presented through a narrow lens, be it focusing only on business and the economy, society or policy landscape. Given its diversity, everything about India and its polar opposite is true in unison as our listeners will know. Bridge India seeks to highlight and celebrate this nuance to help India watchers understand India better. So we're very pleased to welcome today Dr. Chris Zelensky of the Boim Institute in Warsaw. And let me say this, first of all, Dr. Zelensky, that we sitting in, in Britain are watching with the deepest admiration the efforts of the Polish people to help with, in particular, clearly the humanitarian crisis unfolding in Ukraine, on the Ukrainian border, and um, increasingly in Poland. It is, I think, an inspiration to us all. And I think I would probably be speaking for many of my compatriots when I say that I hope our Prime Minister's visit there today uh, persuades him that we in this country should do more. But uh, in our small way, may I express our appreciation for you and uh, all your people's efforts in this crisis. Now, Bridge India is obviously focused in particular on the Indian diaspora. It follows India's relations with the world in a public policy sense, and it tries to help India watchers like yourself understand a bit better what is going on in India. But in this case, we are going to try and get your wisdom on how you see the Indian position vis-a-vis the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We've seen the statement which your institute has put out calling on India to take a position uh, condemning the Russian invasion, if we understand it correctly. But on the other hand, clearly, we, I think, all understand that the Indian government has a lot of conflicting pressures on it, added to which today is the very sad news that an Indian student has been killed in a Russian shelling in the city of Kharkiv, which will clearly impact dramatically on Indian public opinion. So with that introduction, perhaps I could ask you, Dr. Zelensky, to explain to us why you wanted, first of all, to put out your statement about the Indian position this week. Thank you for having me. Thank you for reaching out to me. And I would like you to to greet all my Indian friends. We've been working with uh, Indian friends and partners for many years now, especially in the context of Rising Dialogue and also other, other events. Um, we understand how important UN Charter principles are for both Indian people and Indian government. And from what we see, from what we hear from more than 400,000 people crossing our border with Ukraine, this is a clear war of aggression. From yesterday on, Russian forces just started indiscriminate shelling of Ukrainian cities. 
And it's um, sadly enough, one of many casualties was this Indian student in the city of Kharkiv, which is a city far east in Ukraine, uh, only some tens kilometers from, from Russian border. We think that um, it's not about India, it's not about Poland, it's not about Europe, but it's also uh, about peace in the world and the uh, rules we would like to have in, in international relations. And we would like um, to ask our friends in India, Indian government, to have more firm position and, let's say, call spade a spade. It's an invasion, it's an aggression. There are no both sides who can, should sit at the table and negotiate. One is an aggressor, the other is defender. It's very important to find an adequate wording. Indeed, it is. But I think people sitting in India, and I'm, I'm very struck by really how little domestic criticism there is of the Indian position in this crisis. Sitting in India, I think people would say, listen, yes, we acknowledge that Mr. Putin is not conducting himself as everybody would wish. But India has a lot of structural relationships with Russia. It has a lot of dependencies on Russia in terms of defense and, and energy, which are extremely important to India. And probably um, most importantly, they would say, when we ourselves have suffered, notably at the hands of the Chinese most recently, the world did not turn around and support us and um, rally behind our flag. So isn't it a bit much for you people to expect us to do that? So first of all, um, we were one of the few institutes, in, at least in Poland, who just very consistently were reporting about the crisis on the Indian and Chinese border. And it was for us very important to um, find a wording and also to report this in the objective manner, which was a clear um, transgression of the line of um, control um, in, in Ladakh and um, in other places of the Indian-Chinese de facto border. Cool. The other thing is it's not about one or another conflict. I think we can say much about Chinese uh, misbehavior in the border region, but let's put it in perspective. It is not the case that the Chinese or any other force would bomb um, New Delhi on or any other major cities. There are not, no rockets flying from over the border. So I think this situation is just not comparable. There has also been clearly some disquiet in India about what they perceive as some discrimination against, I think, non-Europeans generally trying to leave the Ukraine with television interviews with Indian students on the ground who say that they're being turned back at the border, even uh, girls and people talking about actual violence on, on the border from Ukrainian border guards. I think that may too have soured Indian public opinion about all of this, but perhaps this will now change with the death of an Indian student. I, I would hate to interrupt you. It's mm. just, you know, um, it's, it's a very, um, I just got the, um, confirmation from, from, from another institute in Poland. We have already accepted 1700s of Indian students from Ukraine. Um, it, it is tragic and it should not have happened. I understand this very intense feeling that Indian people have 
about these events and the border. I cannot speak for Ukrainian border guards. I only know that many, many people in Ukraine needed just to leave everything behind and wait for about 30 hours in a queue to reach the border. Nothing can um, justify misbehavior, but it's just the fact people are very much in distress. And while commenting on, on these events, we should probably think about how distressed the people are. And I have full compassion with Indian students and Indian nationals at the border. It's a very clear statement issued by the Polish government and the Polish um, ambassador in, in India, Mr. Burakowski. So every third country national, so somebody coming from outside of the European Union, who is about to cross the Polish-Ukrainian border, will, will receive the permission to do it. And without Schengen visa, he will have or she will have 15 days to stay in Poland. And I would just now just call for, for this, um, uh, disseminate this information. It's important. We know that uh, among Indian students waiting to cross the border with Poland, many misinformation is circulating. And some are advised to go to the other crossings with Belarus, in, with Russia. If you are at the border or any of your relatives are at the border, please wait. It's very difficult. We know it. But please do not move. It's probably the safest place you can have in Ukraine right now. Thank you very much. And that is very important. And we will make sure that message is disseminated. And when you talk about the statement by the Polish government, it is, of course, worth noting that yesterday the Indian government uh, did talk about the efforts being made by the Ukrainians and, and how every assistance was being offered. There does not seem to be, at the governmental level, any misunderstanding about all of this. What is perhaps surprising on this front is that this student was still in Kharkiv, which, as you say, is very close to the Russian border. There should really have been time for him and who knows how many other foreigners there are there to have got to somewhere more much safer. Of course, none of that to diminish the tragedy. Bridge India is funded by memberships. One of our members is the excellent company Future Bricks, who are kindly supporting this podcast. Here is a little word from them. Thought about investing in UK property development finance? Invest smart with Future Bricks. Earn up from 8% to 10% gross interest per annum. Funds are secured against UK real estate assets. Yes, that's right. Your funds are asset backed. Download the Future Bricks app for free on iOS or Android or head over to futurebricks.com and start with a minimum of £5,000. Capital at risk Future Bricks operating under the name of Brickwork Group Limited arranges loans for investors but does not guarantee their performance. Funds you lend are not protected by the financial services compensation scheme. Never use money you cannot afford to lose. TNCs apply. Let us then come back to the international ramifications of all of this for India. Obviously, all the countries of Central Europe have got long-standing and very friendly relations with India. And clearly, India's position on this crisis thus far will not have improved those, indeed may have damaged them. If we don't see any change in the Indian position and they are not willing to call a spade a spade and recognize where responsibility lies for the terrible things going on, how deep do you think the damage will be in India's relations with the countries of Central and Eastern Europe? I think 
world peace is at stake. And it's in the best interest in India and every other country in the world to stop violence and stop war. Very soon, Indian citizens will be affected by rising prices of um, um, food as wheat and um, edible oil, because both Russia and Ukraine are one of the main sources of these materials, at least for many parts of, of the world. So we all be affected by this crisis. We will all suffer. And I, now Ukrainians are, are suffering. But the longer this conflict is going on, the more people will be affected directly and indirectly. And I would like to, only to call for everybody in India just to do everything possible just to stop the conflict and stop the violence. It is, of course, a fact that if India has taken this neutral position, it should be in a better position to say to the Russians, OK, enough is enough, it's time to stop. The question is whether an Indian voice is loud enough or persuasive enough really to make any difference to what Mr. Putin is going to do. And I guess that is a thought that will have occurred to the policymakers in New Delhi. Are we realistically able to make a difference to what Mr. Putin's thinking is? I'm very much aware about the deep-rooted Russian-Indian friendship. But just because India and Russia are friends, I think that every possible effort must be made. Um, sorry for this comparison, but if your friend drunks and drive, you should stop him. Indeed. Well, I think that is a very apt comparison, if I may say so. Of course, one of the other critical issues, and we've touched on this already in terms of the border incident, is for India compared to the days of non-alignment and India's leadership of that movement, is this Chinese dimension. And India's very, very difficult, unsettled, and frankly, uh, occasionally very traumatic relationship with China, with 50 years of distrust, which has followed the Indo-Chinese war. In taking judgments about the future, therefore, India has clearly had to factor in China's relationship, growing relationship with Russia, and they may well, presumably, have in mind that if they allow Russia and China to be dependent on each other to the exclusion of another major Asian power, uh, that is not going to be a good prospect for India. Do you, whilst understanding your, your overriding appeal to the Indians to come to the rescue of a drowning friend, do you see this Chinese element as central in Indian decision-making on this, or do you think that this is really all to do with Indo-Russian friendship? It's, I'm an analyst, and I need to have opinion based on facts. So, But I'm now not going to, to analyze facts. It's only speculation based on facts. Understood. I think that um, Indian perspective was that the Russian invasion in Ukraine, it will be a kind of um, experience comparable to the Soviet invasion in Hungary in 1956 and Soviet invasion in Czechoslovakia in 1968. So that it will be smooth, short, and that this crisis will end quite quickly. We know it is not the case now. And because this crisis will go 
probably for some time, the damage for Ukraine be, will be tremendous. The damage for Russia will be tremendous as well. This is crucial, I think, if you, we, you speak about the balance between China and Russia. So in this relationship between Beijing and Moscow, Moscow will be becoming weaker and weaker the longer the crisis is going on. So if the government in India and New Delhi is thinking, let's say, the geopolitics of Asia, I think it would be, from this perspective, it's important to stop this crisis, this war, as soon as we can. That is an extremely significant point, which I don't think I have seen made elsewhere, that because Russia will indeed emerge diminished, both with the rest of the world, but also with China, there is actually merit in India trying to save Russia from itself in the process. Because not only it's extraordinary entanglement now in the Ukraine, but clearly Russia has had an economic war unleashed on it by the West, which is going to be extremely damaging and is certainly not going to leave Russia well-equipped to support friends like India in the years ahead. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. Well, Dr. Zensky, that has been extremely enlightening. Thank you for finding time in your, no doubt, extremely busy day to talk to us. We wish you well in the ongoing problems which your country as a neighbor of Ukraine faces. And uh, thank you again for, for joining us and thank for you. all that you're doing. Let me just um, say um, a word to my Russian friends. Yes. I have many friends in Russia. I know how difficult situation they are in now. Russia is becoming a totalitarian state again. Everybody who listen, is listening to us, please reach out to their Russian friends and also support them because many of them will find themselves in a very dangerous situation. I'm afraid you're right. And with that, I think we will leave it. Dr. Zelensky, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for listening to us today. If you liked what you heard, please support us by visiting bridgeindia.org.uk slash membership and becoming a member. If you have suggestions for future guests on the podcast, email us at contact at bridgeindia.org.uk. This has been Voices. I'm Mark Runacres. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.